Thank you for tuning in to the Dynasty Football Podcast on the DynastySite.com, the site where we scout and analyze both short-term and long-term value for all the NFL prospects. Check out the Dynasty site for articles giving you in-season Dynasty fantasy football advice, rankings, scouting reports, and much more. But what you all have been waiting for, your hosts of the Dynasty Football Podcast. How we doing? How we doing, football fans? It's the Dynasty Football Podcast. I'm Nathan Castaneda, joined by my fellow co-host, Dan Morris. Once again, coming back. The weather, the snow isn't holding you back. This podcast, nice nice of you to join us. Oh, it's my pleasure, Nate. And it's Super Bowl time. Yes, Super Bowl in your fantasy. Likely, good chance, Super Bowl in your fantasy football leagues. Uh, hopefully, everyone... Uh, hopefully a lot of percentage of people are there in the Super Bowl or at least had a playoff run. I am no longer involved in any of my fantasy leagues. Boo-hoo, a tough year. I wish I could say different. Uh, Dan, you're one that can say different. You're representing in in a couple of them? Yeah, two of them, Nate. That's not bad, so congratulations to you. Congratulations to everyone else out there. Uh, Go ahead and give us a shout on Twitter, follow Dynasty Site Dan, Dynasty Site Nate, uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, uh, Dynasty Football Podcast. Look that up, give it a follow, a listen, all that good stuff. And the DynastySite.com, check that out. For today, Dan, we are going to recap uh, what we saw last week in week 15, kind of give it a little overhaul, a little fantasy, uh, general overview of the game. There is uh, some some of the headlines more or less has to do with the playoff picture, different things that happened in the game. So I, I just think in those matchups, uh, if there's anything that we feel that we're going to touch on, I feel that we should just jump into it then, if that sounds good with you. Uh, last week when you weren't here, uh, recap the Rams-Seahawks game, so just 24-3. to uh, you know, Seahawks put the beat down on him. Jared Goff wasn't ready. Richard Sherman laid a huge hit on him. So good victory for your Seahawks, you know, on a little Thursday night football. We, yeah, we needed it. Uh, the Rams have done well against us. Actually beat us earlier in the, uh, earlier in the year. Uh, and we, we showed them who's boss I think in this one. The Seahawks definitely, uh, not necessarily a chip on their shoulder, but they're trying to they're getting after the Rams a little bit, not letting them have it easy. So I think the Seahawks are trying to... Fake punt? I think the fake punt was a little <laughs> bit of a message. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, we also had our first Saturday night football game of the week. The Miami Dolphins uh, going into New York, uh, beating up on the Jets. The Matt Moore-led Miami Dolphins uh, winning 34-13 to on this game. Dan, were you surprised with the Dolphins and Matt Moore, what he was able to do? No, I mean, I like Matt Moore maybe a lot more than other people. I know he hasn't started a game in five years, but he played well in this one. He did have a couple throws, uh, Nate, where there was, I don't know, just like a little too much touch on him. Uh, could have been picked off. He only threw one in this game. But you got to like it if you're a Dolphins fan. He looks like he might be able to hold the, hold the fort down while Tannehill gets, uh, gets healthy. Yeah, I was uh, equally... You know, I was impressed. He didn't fall on his face, didn't he? I mean, four touchdowns. That's pretty That's pretty good, although 236 yards. Only on 12 completions, and I know, four touchdowns. Well, hang on now. In all fairness, what was his attempts? 18. I know you love I know you love that stat, yards per attempt. Um, so they got to be skyrocketed there, uh, you know, over well over 10 a game, you know, 10 a throw. So um, that's a good stat for him right there. He had a lot of uh, ca- uh, catch and runs in this one. But yeah, like they uh, the Dolphins uh, leaned, which they are going to have to do with Matt Moore at quarterback. They leaned on their running game. They leaned on their defense. Jay Ajayi had 19 carries. Kenyon Drake had five. Uh, Damian William, Damian Williams, Damon Williams, Damian. This Damian is your boy right here Williams. at Oklahoma. Uh, he had a uh, three carries in All this game. All the goal line, little full. They were like little fullback handoffs, and he couldn't he couldn't punch them in. So they were leaning on the run game, which is good. Uh, any thoughts on the Jets side of the ball you want to bring up here? Bilal Powell? Um, yeah, that's a, well, there's a couple of ones I want to talk about here. Bilal Powell uh, looks like a, a guy that can really just take over for Forte next year. Forte uh, decides to hang him up. Uh, and then he's, I, I really think Bilal Powell, you know, we might be talking about a top 15 running back going into next year. I like everything he brought. 11 catches in this one, uh, Nate. And you know their quarterback position ain't going to be fixed next offseason. Uh, one little sleeper guy, Robbie Anderson, uh, looks really good. A little guy out of Temple, 
Really fast guy, really skinny uh, wide receiver, but he seems to be getting it done with no matter who's uh, throwing the football. And, you know, this is probably unpopular, but I really like Bryce Petty's um, guts, determination, heart. I know that doesn't help you in your fantasy box score, but, I mean, I got to give the, the kid some credit. He, uh, There was that one play where the lineman apparently didn't know the snap count, but uh, Cameron Wake and the Namakan suit did, and they absolutely crushed him on that play. So I give him credit for just his uh, uh, grittiness. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you there. I know the looking into the future crystal ball, the wide receiver depth chart uh, is still pretty, there's a log jam there. There's a, they, they do have a lot of receivers there for the Jets. So for Robbie Anderson, although I do like his talent, he's made plays. It will be tough going forward for him to get on the field, especially if the Jets do have issues uh, with the quarterback going forward, depending on what kind of formations, what kind of sets. You know, they still got... Marshall, Decker, Anunwa, you know, uh, Devin Smith is another guy on there. Well, that that depth chart might uh, get flipped upside down this uh, offseason. I, I believe Brandon Marshall um, might be a likely candidate for uh, a salary cap casualty. He'll he'll he's due seven million next year. If they cut him, it, it completely wipes that off the books. There's no dead dead money in that contract. So that might be something they want to <coughs> consider uh, at his age and his production level. Eric Decker's the guy that probably will come back next year and pl- uh, be their uh, clear number one. But I think Robbie Anderson has a nice uh, head start on next year getting into that lineup. Yeah, big day from Bilal Powell once again. Hopefully you got him in your starting lineup. Moving on to Sunday's matchups, we have a surprising come-from-behind victory. Uh, you know, m- making... Fixing the early mistakes with Marcus Mariota, but the Tennessee Titans go into Kansas City, scoring 12 points in the fourth quarter, uh, winning this one 19 to 17. Kansas City, no points in the second half. Uh, Tennessee side of the ball, Dan. Are you? Are you I mean, does Tennessee? How surprised are you with them pulling off two victories here last week over the Denver Broncos, this week over the Kansas City Chiefs? Uh, they are want they want that division right now. They're tied with the te- the Houston Texans for that division, and they're playing some great football. They, you know, it's clear clear as day when you look at the two teams that Tennessee's the better team. Tennessee is the playoff team when you look at them in Houston, um, and they do got a really really good team here. A team my Super Bowl pick, Kansas City Chiefs, at home. Uh, Kansas lost a couple of uh, tough games at home. Uh, they lost to Tampa Bay earlier this year. At home, that home field advantage is not really kicking in for them this year. But you got to be impressed with Tennessee's done, even though Mariota didn't have a big game here. And, and they, they went for two at the end of this game. They tried to win this uh, late in this game. It fell to so the tying. Yeah, it, instead of tying it. We saw that in two games this weekend. Uh, both times it didn't work out, but then it, it did work out for Tennessee because KC could not get a first down and had to turn the ball over. And then uh, I think, well, Ryan Suckup. Uh, coming home to KC where he started his career. Hit the game winner, 53 yards. That must have been a um, great feeling for him. Yeah, and what's interesting, so a couple different things. Obviously, the storyline, which could be one with the questionable go for two, you know, with the head malarkey for the the Tennessee Titans. You know, what's he really thinking there instead of tying the game? Uh, That's a whole we could go on and talk. Also, the game-winning field goal that you said, uh, he actually missed it. He was iced by Andy Reid on the one before, come up short. I think it was a 53-yard attempt, and then comes back and hits the second chance. It was cold. It was cold in Kansas City. Maybe uh, he didn't need to be iced. Maybe that warmed him up (laughs) a little bit, you know, being out there an extra couple couple seconds on the field, another minute. Uh, But it does does hit the game-winning field goal. Marcus Mariota playing better than he did last week. Like I said, again, uh, the first, he had a fumble in the first half, had a pick in the first half. Uh, Rashard Matthews also had a fumble early in the game. Uh, But Tennessee showing some grit. Their defense, I have to say, uh, over you know, the defense is playing a lot better than they they were showing uh, before the bye. Kansas City kind of, Spencer Ware, they went for it on fourth down. They... He uh, could have gotten the end zone. They went for it on fourth down at one point in this game. Didn't happen. Alex Smith also threw a red zone interception in the second half. Just Kansas City could have got this one done. Could have could have made it happen, but it didn't. Good uh, fantasy uh, aspect on the Kansas City side. I I just don't get why Tyreek Hill only has one touch in this game. The one touch he had, and he took a 68 uh, yards to the house. And then after that, I know Macklin's back, but just to forget about this kid and what he's done for them 
over the past few weeks um, is really a head scratcher to me. I, I didn't see that coming. I, you know, I didn't either. I, I knew when Macklin was in before, um, this is kind of the role he was playing. Uh, but I thought he proved himself in the games that Macklin was out. I don't understand why he didn't get involved. Um, so that's a little disappointing for fantasy owners that were leaning on him, even though he did actually save your day with a 68-yard touchdown. Uh, but that's the only touch you got at the game. Yeah, and on the Tennessee side of the ball, DeMarco Murray having a solid little day, 130, 140 uh, all-purpose yards. But Der- Derrick Henry vulturing a couple touchdowns from him, getting the two rushing touchdowns. So could have been a bigger day for Murray, but they still like to see Henry get involved. Tennessee looks like a formidable uh, playoff team right now. They, they actually look like a playoff team, like I said. Houston does not. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. And I think this year, kind of pausing for a second, this is a, the first year in a while, although, you know, the Patriots are a good team, I don't think they're clear-cut better than the rest of the pack. Or I don't think there's any one or two teams, even the Cowboys. You know, we saw the Giants. be. I know they only have two losses, but I don't think they're clearly that much better than the rest of the pack. I think the playoffs could be wide open this year. Uh, I'm going to jump into the next game, uh, the Steelers. Getting a victory here after a slow first half, a lot like the Tennessee Titans. Uh, coming on late, holding the Bengals scoreless in the second half, winning this one 24-20. Uh, Steelers, 9-5. and five. I don't want to see them in the playoffs, that's for sure. Uh, give me some thoughts on either side of the ball, Dan. Yeah, uh, Pittsburgh, you know, not uh, a beatdown like they gave, uh, well, I mean, as far as Le'Veon goes, like he did last week. Uh, still got 93 on the ground. Still got 38 through the air. What, what was interesting to me is uh, Antonio Brown coming up short for his fantasy owners. Only three catches, 58 yards against the Bengals. They normally do a good job against him. Uh, and then Big Ben, 286 on a touch. Not, not horrible, but nothing uh, too special. Uh, you expect more from this Pittsburgh offense if you own a piece of them in fantasy. So a little disappointing this week but as far as their playoff push they are a dangerous team uh and their defense looks to be playing better as of late yeah pittsburgh actually in the second half of this game they really uh first first couple drives Bengals did good they came out uh, they really turned around i was impressed with ryan shazier's play he's been playing phenomenal as of late he, uh the pittsburgh steelers i believe held on to the ball for like 10 11 minutes of the fourth quarter here um, second half, they even though they didn't put up a lot of points, uh, they played a really good football. So got to get up to the Steelers, and the Bengals, you know, just falling apart, kind of, you know, as they do. Uh, no, no AJ Green here. Hurts, still hurts. Uh, I, I just want to mention Jeremy Hill again. Like it's a mirage. He only plays well against the the Bengal. I mean, against the Cleveland Browns. The guy's absolute <laughs> trash. Uh, so yeah, once again he 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 fooled uh, fantasy owners. I hope you guys you guys out there weren't one of them, but I'm sure there was a handful that were. Uh, he did get in the end zone, save your day, a little bit, but the 20, 20 carries, eight forty three yards, is tough. Yeah, it's nauseating. Move on to our next game. That was a it was a good one. It was a little bit lower scoring, but big time playoff implications. We have the Lions only scoring six points. Uh, going into New York and losing to the Giants, who scored 17, and their defense has been playing well. Dan, the Giants are a team I haven't given much credit to, and I think it's because of Eli Manning just watching him play, and even in this game, I think he's the he might be the worst player on the Giants right now. <laughs> I mean, I don't really mean it like that, but there's a lot of people playing well and playing as a team. They're secondary. They lost to Norris Jenkins in this game, uh, but their defense is playing well, their defensive line. Um, Odell Beckham does his thing, you know. But the Giants are a good football team. Winning this one at home. Yeah, absolutely they're a good football team. They're the one biggest threat to the Dallas Cowboys in the NFC uh, in the playoffs. They don't, You know the Cowboys don't want to see the Giants at all. Uh, and I kind of give a pass for Eli. I, I know he's looked ugly in this so far this season, but his stats for the season aren't bad. Uh, 25 touchdowns. He does have 13 picks. But he's completing the ball at a nice 63% clip. Nate, they don't have a running game. Uh, can we give this guy a pass? Because they just absolutely cannot get that running game going. Paul Perkins had a decent one in this one, actually. 5.1 yards per carry on 11 tries. But they just don't have a run game. Rashard Jennings, 18 carries for 30 Yeah, he's yards. doing his best impersonation of Jeremy Hill over there. <laughs> so, I mean, 
I give Eli a little bit of a pass, and the, the Giants definitely uh, are a Super Bowl contender. And wouldn't that be funny if they met, met up with old Belichick and Brady one more time? Yeah. And we can't even call it a rubber match because you know why? The Giants beat them twice, so that's not a rubber match the third time. <laughs> uh, Lions side of the ball, uh, Matt Stafford with the injured finger, but still driving the ball around. I mean, 24 for 39. Uh, you'd like to see that a little bit better. But I, he looked competent enough with the finger injury, you know, throwing the ball around. Do you have something to comment? Yeah, well, no, Nate, I think I'm a curse. I think I'm a curse. Every week we sit here and we talk about NFL MVP. Two weeks ago, I'm like, oh, Derek Carr is my guy. And then he went and laid an egg in KC. And then I come back this week and I go, Matthew Stafford's got to be the MVP. Uh, and he, and he kinda, I know he's got that bum finger, uh, but he kind of laid an egg here in a big game. Now they're in jeopardy of uh, losing – not making the playoffs, maybe, Nate. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Yeah, with a win here, which is crazy, they would have locked up the division. They lose this one. They got two tough. They got Cowboys next week, Packers in week 17. Which will probably be for the division. If they lose out, yeah, they and they could miss the playoffs, go from looking like they're going to lock up their division to missing the playoffs just like that. So I'm going to do the Lions a favor right now. I got a new favorite for the NFL MVP. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. Oh, goodness. We'll get ready, get ready for the... The downward, downward spiral, Aaron, Mr. Rogers. Uh, let's move on to our next game of the week. Oh, big game, uh, Golden Tate. I want to mention him. A nice second half of the season. I did want to mention him. I was just about to say, did someone dress up as Golden Tate for the first part of the season? Because he's been playing out of his mind uh, over the second half, like you mentioned. Uh, move on to our next game. The Indianapolis Colts getting this one done on the road in Minnesota. Shocker of the week. I'll tell you what, Dan. I was... This was the most impressive performance I've seen from our offensive line and I don't know how long. We were starting LaRaven Clark, which I know we remember him from the whole draft pro process. With the 85-inch arms or whatever they are? The hand span, the hand span, <laughs> the arms, all of it. Uh, but he was getting his first start at right tackle. Um, Andrew Luck was virtually untouched, unhurried in this game, had all the time in the world. The Colts got up on them early, you know, scored on their first few drives, first half points, uh, scored 27 first half points and kind of coasted. Uh, that took away the return of Adrian Peterson, which watching him run, he was not, I mean, he looked gimpy. And running behind that offensive line isn't a smart thing to do, but it wasn't long before he was out of the game plan. Uh, Colts, I'm happy to see this one. Very happy. Another thing I mentioned, Frank Oregon, 101 yards. This is the, he, two, that's two, two this year, 100-yard uh, games. We went through like a 56-game drought. Uh, this is the, sec, the first time since 2007 that we've had a running back go for 100 yards twice in a season. Thank you, Mr. Gore. Dan, can you name who that running back was in 2007? Uh, Ezrin. Joseph Adai. A little bit, little bit better. Oh, but that's right. I forgot about him afterwards. Adai with some good years for us. But uh, anything on this game? I want to talk about you covered the Colts side of the ball. I want to talk about the, the Vikings a little bit here. This is a grease fire right here. We saw, uh, what was it, Nate? I, I don't know exactly. Week five, week six. Or after they start, uh, after their 5-0 and start, uh, North Turner uh, just abruptly resigned from the team. Um, now we got head coach Mike Zimmer calling out his players saying Anthony Barr uh, needs to work on everything in his game. This is a, th this is a team void of a, a true leader. Uh, they need that. Uh, otherwise, the, you know, they're not going to make any noise in the NFC until they get some true leadership. Maybe getting Bridgewater back in the fold next year might help. But they're, they're a mess. Starting out 5-0 and and then just yeah. completely Well, this in. was the loser, basically a loser go home game, you know. And, uh, yeah, like you mentioned, the 5-0 and start and seeing it collapse like it did definitely does not bode for some a good locker room, a <laughs> good locker room chemistry. Uh, another team in our next game that's got a, it's going through some locker room turmoil as well, but with their head coaching position, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, losing after having a, having a lead in this game. 20-21 uh, to the Houston Texans and the Tom Savage hand-picked draft pick by Mr. Bill O'Brien. Uh, Tom Savage, after three years, coming in and getting a victory for the Texans. He's a savage. <laughs> uh, what, Brock Osweiler, man, he's that bad. I, I'm actually kind of surprised that they didn't make this switch 
uh, long before now. But I, I got to give it to Tom Savage. I can't believe that the Jacksonville Jaguars did not hold on to this game. Would have been tremendous to the Colts' playoff chances. And Gus Bradley lost his <laughs> lost his job because of it. Uh, was it time to go for Gus Bradley, Dan? Oh, you know how I feel about this. I, I But I guess, yeah, he was 14 and 48 in his tenure there. One of the worst of any coaches um, in that span. Uh, I, I feel bad. I mean, Gus Bradley, he's built a good team there. They just need something, Nate, <laughs> to put it all together. Uh, pro- probably Blake Bortles playing a lot better than he has been this oh, year. Man. Oh, I, man. I have to give props to you. I have to give kudos to you. You called that. Uh, but I don't think I don't I don't think he's done, Nate. I don't th- I think that yeah, this is only his uh, third year in the league. He, he regressed from last year. I think if he can uh, get it together, he can make things right next year, and probably for a a, a, a happy coach because if he plays well, they're gonna win some games, Nate. Uh, yeah, he played uh, horrible in this one again. Only 92 yards. Brian Walters led led all receivers in this game with 26 yards. Um, Chris Ivory led the running backs with 44 yards on the ground. Um, they say it's a talented team, but they do not play like it. Uh, Defensively, they're talented. Tom Savage comes in and uh, gets the victory here. Throws for 260 yards uh, after you know relieving Brock Osweiler. Plays good enough. I mean, the Texans team isn't bad. If they get decent quarterback play, uh, they could still hold on to that division game. I believe they have another one with Tennessee in Week 17. I believe. Uh, it might be this week, but they have no, another it's one. Nice week, and I think that might. That's probably going to be for the division. Yeah, it's it's a good one. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins blowing up a little bit with yeah, Savage back in there. Yeah, you got to be happy if you're a D Hop owner uh, and you're begging for them to uh, stay with Savage. Savage will be the starter. O'Brien's already announced that. Uh, so you got to be happy with D Hop so far. I mean, we know he's a beast, and now we know why he hasn't been a beast as your. Osweiler's played poorly. Yeah, let's uh, move on to our next game, uh, one that was close and a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. But the Packers uh, getting a late, late field goal, uh, winning the game in Chicago, 30 to 27. <clears throat> Aaron Rodgers putting on a late heroic, uh, just dime to Jordy Nelson. <laughs> Sick. Jordy getting deep? Is yeah, that that was. <laughs> <laughs> they only had one guy. They didn't even have a safety over the top. Come on. I mean, they obviously weren't giving Jordy any uh, any love either. They're like, he can't go deep. He can't go deep. Well, I, I, I saw the play get broken down. It was either the safety of the corner. I think, well, obviously, the safety he bit on a, on a you know, he thought Aaron Rodgers was going to go inside. Uh, and then and they probably thought he couldn't throw the ball that far. And with that cold of weather, he did. <laughs> Jordy probably could have, you know, almost could have broke that for the touchdown, but they didn't need it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was banged up in this game. I think that's why the uh, Bears stayed in this one. And uh, The calf injury, you could tell him moving around, especially when he was outside of the pocket, uh, not as nimble. Uh, there wasn't a threat to him to run, you could tell. When he was in the pocket, he still threw well. Uh, one guy that I mentioned in uh, the last podcast that I'm pretty proud of, I said I felt that this was a good time to get him back in the lineup. Mentioned a few times because the practice report with James Starks and Christine Michael, I liked uh, Ty Montgomery. Didn't realize he was going to have a career day here with 162 yards and two touchdowns. But hopefully you got him in the lineup because he definitely was on a lot of winning fantasy rosters this past weekend. This is frustrating, Nate. We we saw this weeks ago. We're like, Ty Montgomery, he looks good. I know you were a little reluctant because you're number 88. You're not liking the number. <laughs> I can't can't look at it. Um, but, I mean, we saw this, and it's unfortunate that Mike McCarthy didn't see this. He's doing everything he can not to play him back there, uh, throwing Don Jackson, pick up Niall Davis, claim uh, Christine Michael off the waivers, throw in James Starks after he comes off the injured reserve. Um, hey, just put this guy in the game. He can play. Uh, I can't believe the head coach of the Packers doesn't see it. Maybe this performance going forward secures uh, Ty Montgomery as the back in that team. Yeah, definitely. In that offense. Yeah, better, uh, better player. Uh, the most dynamic. And he is getting better. If you watch him from week to week, he's got exceptional vision as is, but just learning how to be a running back. Uh, every every game he's going to get better. On the Chicago side of the ball, again, Matt Barkley. I know he had four turnovers in this game, three interceptions, one fumble, but I think he's playing good enough to show that he is a, I'm not saying a starter, but he belongs on a 53-man roster. I'll take him as our backup for Andrew Luck. Yeah. Hey. Matt Barkley, you were pretty sour on this guy. I did. I was. I probably went along with you. We've seen USC quarterbacks. 
I thought it was going to be. T- I thought it was going to be garbage. Yeah, no, I, I I was tend to agree uh, with you on this, but 30, 43, 362 yards. Uh, great performance in this one. Got everybody involved. Yeah, uh, Meredith uh, Jeffrey came on late. Uh, Deontay Thompson, uh, Nate Deontay Thompson, eight for 110. Yeah, yeah he's going off. Uh, and then uh, the one guy I want to talk about, the guy I love, Nate, my uh, fancy crush, Jordan Howard. Continues to get it done here. 17 for 90, 5.3 yards per carry. I think if the Bears win a win away from him um, in the third for, uh, third quarter and late, early in the fourth, I think they probably would have won this game. This guy has been getting it done. They just went to Barkley through three picks. I, I think they were all in the third quarter, I feel like. I, I don't know that for a fact, but they were all late in this game. Uh, so... Yeah, the Bears should have got this one. The yeah, Bears the Bears could have. have got this one. They could have. Again, the late bomb to Jordy Nelson, which if you look at the stat line, uh, that was a lot of Aaron Rodgers' yards and a lot of Jordy Nelson's yards. It doesn't matter. It came at the end of the game, but it was a big-time play, two big-time players. Green Bay has got a serious chance to get in the playoffs. And I know it hasn't looked pretty, but you don't want to see Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs either. Again, Vegas betting. Uh, right now, if you're betting on playoff guys, I'm taking whoever's. I think it's so, so wide open. Give me the best line. Give me the best odds. I'm taking them. So check it, check this out, Nate. So we were. I was talking about the playoff scenario as I see it playing out in my head earlier today. Um, it'd be the Seahawks are the two seed. Obviously, Dallas with the one. The three and the six, I think, will end, probably end up being the Falcons, and they'll probably face like the Buccaneers or Lions as a six seed. The four or five game, Nate would be the Packers versus the Giants. And if the Falcons end up winning, then the winner of the Packers and Giants game goes to Dallas. That's a scary game for Dallas. I don't know if you want the one seed now, if you look at that matchup. No, I definitely, uh, yeah, I completely, completely agree with you. Green Bay, we'll see going forward, especially Montgomery, if he gives them any sort of balance uh, with the run game. Aaron Rodgers gets, gets healthier. Uh, Green Bay is going to be a tough team. Week 17 against the Lions is going to be a good game. Uh, let's move on to our next one. We got the Buffalo Bills handling business against the Cleveland Browns, 33 to 13. Uh, just like everyone else in the league, Cleveland Browns still winless. Uh, Bills, I mean, they're one of the top running uh, teams in the league. Their offensive line also played well in this game, which the Browns tend to get run on pretty he- heavily. <laughs> you know, uh, LaShawn McCoy, two touchdowns, 153 yards. Uh, Gillisley also getting in the end zone. So three rushing touchdowns on the ground for the Bills. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, let me mention him for a second. Uh, not his play, but he had, or not his stats, but he had one specific play where he ran over a linebacker on his way out of bounds, a Cleveland Browns linebacker. He stood up, the linebacker went down, he gave him a little stare, a little stare down. I thought, do that you remember was, the linebacker? Oh, man, no. The number, maybe? It was, no, I, I, I do. Uh, no, not off the top of my head. I should have looked it up. I'm not going to call him out. Come on now. Well, hey, I just want to know. I own a particular Browns linebacker. I want to know if he got ran over by Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> uh, any thoughts on this game, Dan, at all? Yeah, you know, uh, I almost started Tyrod uh, Ty over Aaron Rodgers because he was so gimpy. Uh, wouldn't have been that much of a difference in this one. The, the Bills, look, Sean McCoy should be mentioned in the same breath fantasy-wise this year. Right. This late in the season, as as a David Johnson, as a Le'Veon Bell, uh, he's getting it done uh, for the his owners. And uh, man, I would be excited if he was on my team. I bet a lot of Super Bowl competitors this weekend have him in their lineup. So kudos to you for getting that guy. Um, and there's nothing to say on the Cleveland side. It's just all bad. RG three, obviously, uh, horrible decision to put him in the quarterback, even though he had a whatever. God, there was a play in the third quarter of this game where he just got blasted. Uh, took a seven-step drop, and then he decided to make it a 12-step drop, then stepped up in the pocket, ran a little bit, and then hugs it 60 yards downfield, but takes a, just a bone-crushing um, shot that where he probably should have been out of the game after that with another injury. But the Bills get it done, just like anything else. Uh, moving on to our next game, we have another tight one. Uh, the, the the Ravens holding on to victory, 27 to 26, and really the Ravens had this one uh, put away. Uh, it's 27-17, I believe, and they were in the red zone. And Joe Flacco, that I think it was I'm trying to remember the scenario, it's like first and 
goal or first and 10 on the 12 or whatever it may be. But Joe Flacco throws a first down interception. And uh, that's really what sparked the comeback for the Philadelphia Eagles. Ravens hold on, which they should have done. Um, yeah, get any thoughts on this game, either side of the ball? Oh, this is the two-point game right here. The Eagles went for it. See, I don't mind what the Eagles did. Um, you're five and eight. Uh, you're facing a potential playoff team from the other uh, other conference. Why not on the road? Why not go for two here and try to get the win? Uh, it didn't work out the way they wanted. Carson Wentz is looked really bad in the second half of the season. Nay, I know we're we're not jumping off that bandwagon yet, uh, but he needs to show light years of improvement this off season. Uh, Zach Ertz is a beast. At the, um, Getting some better chemistry, you know. Hopefully, with Zach Ertz maybe going forward, that's someone that we can count on to finally break out a little bit. Yeah, we talk about a target monster. That guy, um, absolute. Uh, be especially late in the season when he gets it going, gets healthy, and then uh, the Ravens side, as of uh, you know usual, um, it's not a lot of a lot of fantasy production on that side of the ball. Mike Wallace caught a, a late fifty-four yarder to kind of save, not really even save his day. He only had two for sixty in this one. The running back thing is still a mess. Now it looks like Terrence West is the man. Kenneth Dixon did get the touchdown on this one, but. Um, yeah, just not a lot of fantasy love in this one. One thing I would do want to mention, uh, Ryan Matthews, 20 for 128, a touchdown. Uh, I think only the second running back on the season to go for over 100 on the Ravens. And that came out of nowhere. I would have never started him, never thought of starting him, especially in that matchup. We, we advised our listeners all year to stay away from the Eagles. Yeah, so I mean, you never know. If you got lucky there, kudos to you, but I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, next game where you recommend everything, uh, as I, you know, of the Atlanta Fal Falcons, uh, but they put on a beatdown, uh, 41 to 13, absolutely running, passing, uh, more running, obviously, a uh, ton of carries for all the running backs and all of them looking phenomenal. Offensive line playing great. Falcons putting up 40 points in back-to-back -back games and all without Julio Jones, who's expected to practice this week. But they, this is a scary team right here, uh, playing like they are, getting the running backs back healthy, uh, Matt, Jake Matthews back on the offensive line, Julio Jones healthy, everything going right. Devontae Freeman with three rushing touchdowns on the day. Uh, you got to love it. You got to love it for the, if you're a Falcons fantasy owner. Freeman almost killed me in this one, Nate. Uh, made it a little bit scarier than it should have been in my matchup. I want to talk about the Niners real quick. I thought... Um, they put up a pretty decent fight against the really. I know the score doesn't say that 41-13, but this game was close uh, when they when they, they got down early. But this, they made the game competitive there for a while. Uh, Carlos Hyde, Nate, I, I was not a believer in this kid, but if he can stay healthy, he he has the stuff I like when I see him run. He's got a little more quicks than I thought too, as well. So Carlos Hyde might be a good buy low candidate. Um, this offseason, I know he's been playing better as late, so he might not be as buy low as you want, but maybe you can get him off an owner uh, for a, a sneaky cost here. And, and what's impressive is Matt Ryan on the Atlanta side of the ball really getting it done without um, no 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 weapons in the receiving game. I mean, I know Tyler, Taylor Gabriel has played well, but it just seems like it's a new person every week, and I know that running game helps. But that's a kudos to Matt Ryan for getting it done without uh, a beast like Julio in the lineup. Yes, sir. Uh, moving on to our next game. Uh, we got a high point affair after, I believe, six interceptions and no touchdowns in his past two games. Drew Brees uh, gets back to Drew Brees type things. Those 48 times, but on those 48 times, 389 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, his only turnover was a fumble lost. Uh, the, the Saints uh, putting on a show against the Cardinals, 48-41. Uh, big day from Drew Brees, huge day from Brandon Cooks, who just a couple weeks ago was irrelevant in their offense. Uh, seven for 186 and two of those touchdowns in this one. Yeah, up and down year for Brandon Cooks, but he showed what he can do in this game. If he gets the ball in space, he is always a threat to take it to the house. Um, but this is just an overall great offensive game from uh, somewhere used to from the New Orleans Saints. Something that I didn't, I know, I saw in this game that I didn't like was uh, late in this game, uh, Ingram had got him down the field, and then the coach uh, Sean Payton opted to go with Hightower for the touchdown, which might have even been 
bittersweet, or it might have been not bittersweet, but just sweet for Hightower because he's going against his former team in the Cardinals. And uh, Ingram was shown throwing a tantrum um, on the sideline in this one. I didn't really like that, Nate. I don't really like to see that from a, a player uh, when you're winning and you throw a fit. We saw Cooks do this earlier in the year when they 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 had beaten uh, the Rams pretty bad at home, but uh, Cooks wasn't a factor. He threw a fit as well. Uh, that's not the type of teammate I want. The type of teammates I want. There's two of them right there, Nate. Uh, which I mean, how do you feel about that? Are those guys? Are those guys you want on your fantasy team? Are those guys are the ones you just like? You know, just stop. I mean, like you guys are winning. You got a bad attitude about this whole thing. Um. Yeah. Well, on your fantasy team, it's different. Yeah. Cry all you want. Try to get as many targets as you can uh, as a fantasy owner. But as a football player, as a someone on the team, if you're a Saints a Saints uh, fan, or even and we're going to talk about a minute a Broncos fan with their little after the game skirmish, uh, you it doesn't work. You know, it doesn't it doesn't work. You need to have the chemistry. You need to band together uh, all for the team. And your, your your targets will come. Your stats will come. You know, and especially with someone like Drew Brees, if you're Brandon Cooks, come on. This guy throws for how many yards? A bazillion yards every year, a bazillion touchdowns. Give me a break. You, you go a game or two without getting any love? Come on. Yeah, you know? I mean, he's, come on. I, I, you know, I guess you do kind of want that on your fantasy team. I, I, I kind of <laughs> But I just, uh, and you know, we don't even know what the argument is about. You almost have to assume, though, that's what, what, what went down there. One thing on the, on the Arizona side of the ball, Nate, uh, maybe I, I heard this this morning on the radio. I, I was a little shocked when I heard it. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald leading the league in catches, 98 receptions this year, um, up on Antonio Brown by two catches. So that's pretty impressive for the uh, for the old vet. Contemplating, I don't know if he's contemplating retirement, but I also know he put out there's a little statement, a little quote from him that that his 2017 plans he was unsure of. So take it what you will. I'd be I, I don't foresee Larry Fitzgerald hanging them up. But one of the greats, Hall of Famer, in my book. I think that he, um, he should announce before the year if he's going to retire. Yeah, that so would be a little Derek Jeter treatment, you know. Yeah, I, I think he's that good too. <coughs> uh, a lot of fantasy relevant players in this game. Uh, Cooks, obviously, with the big day. Uh, David Johnson also getting a couple touchdowns on the ground, but not the volume that necessarily you'd like to see from him. But you know, when Drew Brees is doing that kind of offensive show, you got to try and keep up somehow. Uh, I want to move on to our next game. We got the Oakland Raiders uh, coming on late, getting a fourth quarter victory here, 19-16 to over the San Diego Chargers. I'll tell you what, Dan, over the past couple weeks, since Derek Carr injured his pinky on that little fumble snap, and he's uh, jumped back into primarily a shotgun is they're what they're running their offense out of, Oakland Raiders haven't been as good. Uh, their offense has not been as potent. Uh, they got this one done here, but the San Diego Chargers, although they do the next man up, they do have a lot of guys down, and their next man up are playing pretty well. Um, the Raiders should have put it on them here. The Raiders' sh- offense should have took off, uh, should have done everything. Amari Cooper, one for 28. I mean, Crabtree had six for 60, but still – no one really taking off. Uh, the Raiders' offense is struggling, which is definitely a storyline going forward. And Derek Carr's pinky, just that offense, what they're doing. Um, Rivers, Philip Rivers, I mean, had another fourth quarter interception, kind of in the storyline of the year for the Chargers. Uh, give me some thoughts on this game. I just want to, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about the Oakland offense. Yeah, we, go we, ahead. We know their car's playing out of the pistol, but I think Amari Cooper is really hurting this team. Uh, in his last five games that I got right here pulled up, um, he hasn't eclipsed 60 yards, man. You you ha- you got to do better than that as your number one. He does have two touchdowns in that span, uh, but just not the production you expected from Cooper. I don't know if it's him and Carr not on the same page, but that that's a big struggle. I think the, I think a lifesaver in this offense, uh, even though he uh, had a couple fumbles, Latavius Murray's been playing really well, even out of the pistol. Uh, he's getting it done. Um, but, yeah, they need to get that finger fixed uh, as soon as possible because you can see it uh, visibly affecting this team. And if they're, they're back on top in the AFC West, they need to win that division uh, if they want any chance to go in the Super Bowl. Yeah, they clinched, they've clinched playoffs already, but they haven't clinched the division. Obviously, um, they are a game back from the Patriots. 
Uh, I don't see the Patriots losing. I think they got the Jets and Dolphins coming up. But, I mean, if they wanted to have the chance at home, you know. Yeah, I got a question for you, Dan. I want to hear your opinion on this. I had a uh, on a Facebook chat room that we are, uh, we participate in, uh, Raider fan on there suggested that he would like Derek Carr to sit and get healthy um, and get ready for the playoffs. I, I told him I think that's a horrible idea. I think you guys need to win that division. Uh, you got Indy coming up. We've seen Andrew Luck play very well. I know that he's up and down this year, but you have to win that division, Nate. Uh, you don't yeah, want to go, 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 go for the first round by, and then you rest then. <laughs> that, yeah. That's the plan. Yeah, you t- yeah exactly. Uh, I think that's the way you go in this one. You cannot uh, go on the road to start this playoffs. You will be an early exit. Uh, and, well, I mean, I guess if you're playing – well, even Tennessee would probably give them a, a, a troublesome game if they end up going yeah. Tennessee. I don't like that matchup for them. I think, I think the Colts this week, I mean, you know I'm a Colts fan, but I think uh, especially if their offense can't – if the Raiders' offense can't score uh, – You know the, the Colts the, are. Yeah, the Colts will. I mean, if their offensive line plays any degree uh, to what they did last week against the Vikings group, that is still – I mean, they still got a good defense statistically. Maybe they're not playing as hard as they once were, you know, you know this late in the season. But I do think that the Colts, I'm afraid of Cleo Mack. I think everyone is. But next, so we'll get into that in our next podcast. I want to move on to our next game, which was very interesting. A lot of uh, turmoil afterwards. But the Patriots going into Denver, getting this one done 16-3. to And that makes it uh, – but this, the Denver Broncos were the only team that had a winning record against Bill Belichick in the NFL – he now evens it up. There's three teams that he has a 500 record against. Everyone else, he's positive. Putty himself. Now, this was an interesting game. Tom Brady uh, only threw for 32 times. Uh, they actually ran the ball between Deion Lewis, LeGarrette Blunt, and James White uh, more, more than uh, he threw the ball. He only completed 16 of them. That's 50%. Uh, most of those were to Julian Edelman and James White. Uh, on on just little quick stuff on third down too. Deion Lewis like run run pass. Yeah, just little you know not driving the ball downfield. Uh, completely a small ball approach from the Patriots. You know, grind it out, run the ball. They had the game plan to not let Tom Brady throw the ball fifty times, not let Von Miller get involved, and they they pulled it off. Sixteen points. Uh, they held. The Broncos held Tom Brady to 16 points, and that was uh, 13 points too much. Uh, Patriots getting it done on the road. If, if Denver had any uh, a semblance of an offense, they'd probably win this game at home. Tom Brady looked uh, really bad. That defense made him look really bad. Uh, they had a good game plan. Getting the running ball, but uh, what I thought was interesting here, Nate, was Deion Lewis getting the, the brunt of the uh, of the. The workload early in this game. I know Blunt kind of came in late, only 17 for 31 in this one. But it, yeah, you know, Belichick does it again. He throws a curveball, um, absolutely kills uh, fantasy owners. You know, I mean, Tom Brady, um, horrible game in this one. Um, so just a not a good game to watch, not a good fantasy game as well. Yeah, the Denver Broncos offense, one touchdown in their past 10 quarters um, after the game. I mean, your offense only scores three points. You hold Tom Brady and the Patriots to 16 after the game. Uh, locker room, I don't know how much you read into this or heard about this. Uh, Gary Kubiak steps up and, you know, addresses the team. And he asks the team, the players themselves, is there anyone that wants to say something? Is there anyone that wants to address, um, you know, each other, speak their minds, this, that? Guy stands up. Uh, do you have a, Did you hear read this? Hear I this? saw the Akeem Tlaib. Oh, oh, the, the guy that stood up was Ryan Clady. Wanting to address the team. First year being on the team. Or Russell Okung. Excuse me. I got mixed up. Ryan Clay was there. Russell Okung. Uh, first year being on the team from the Seattle Seahawks. Excuse me. Left tackle. Uh, and as soon as he stood up, a key to leave popped off. Says, uh-uh. You sit down. You don't. You weren't here. You know, you're not a part of this team. And uh, definitely went after him. Uh, that started off a little locker room skirmish kind of little offense-defense divide between, the, I guess, the defensive backs, Chris Harris, different guys getting involved uh, with the offensive line, you know, and uh, kind of backfired on Gary Kubiak asking the team to step up and, you know, talk to each other and speak their minds. 
Well, this is just a product of a team that is absolutely struggling and looking um, directly in the eyes of not making the playoffs this season. That's all that is. It's frustration. Uh, Nate, I know you suggested my backfire. This might work. This might galvanize. You might get a defense to galvanize with each other and the offense. You know, they might fight and say, hey, we're doing our part over here on offense too. Uh, same with the defense. They've been doing it all year. This might help. I know there was a little bit of a little beef in there. Uh, but this sometimes this might help a team. It's interesting because, the like you mentioned, the Broncos are right there, have a real good chance of missing the playoffs. Uh, it'll be the first time since, I think, 2003 that the previous two Super Bowl uh, contenders, <clears throat> last year the Broncos and the Panthers, oh. would not be in the playoffs the following year, which is very interesting. Another reason why I think the playoffs are wide open, the two top teams from the year before. You know, not being in there. And also, I think another, uh, although how bad he was, how terrible the stats were, Peyton Manning, Hall of Fame, Peyton Manning, legend Peyton Manning, one of my favorites, Peyton Manning, definitely had that team together, definitely, uh, you know, uh, had everyone on the same page, had the offense on the same page, had the game plan set to go. Could he, could he do it at the high level that he once was? No. But he was running the show. He was the sheriff. I tell you what, Nate, if uh, that happened this year, Peyton's the quarterback. If Peyton stands up, Akeem Tlaib ain't saying a word. That's for sure. That's that's uh, spot on. So maybe the offense just ain't getting no respect at all. I don't think they are. I mean, they're not. Uh, Trevor Simeon being there, um, It's uh, maybe it's something that, although he's played better, it's something that didn't work out. Maybe Tony Romo, different things. Tony Romo might get killed behind that offensive line for the Denver Broncos, but they should definitely explore other options going forward. Moving on to our final game of the week. Uh, is this our final game of the week? Is this Monday night? Buccaneers. No, uh, we had two games. Two games. Two games. Sunday night. Sunday night. Uh, Buccaneers, Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys, I mean, Dak Prescott. I guess he's the storyline the past handful of weeks. Uh, not, not playing up to snuff. Losing last week to the Giants. I believe he didn't throw over 200 yards in two or three weeks. Coming back in this one, 32 of 36, 89%. That's the second best uh, completion percentage in NFL history. Uh, Dak Prescott now up there in the record books towards the top, 279 yards, no passing touchdowns here, did have one on the ground. A huge day from him, erasing a lot of the Tony Romo talk. I will continue to say um, it's still apparent that he struggles throwing the ball downfield. But when, when your offense is playing like it is, when Ezekiel Elliott is doing the things like it is, when he's jumping into Salvin Arvation little buckets after scoring touchdowns. Uh, it's a kettle, Nate. A kettle? Is that what yeah. it is? Uh, excuse me. Uh, I believe that I, I saw a report that the, he, they got donations were skyrocketed after that. Uh, Absolutely. No flag on the play. <laughs> Which, come on, I mean, I'm glad they had a little Christmas spirit on that one. <laughs> There's some better people in the league, but I'm glad they, you know, come on now. Uh, but Ezekiel Elliott, big day uh, when he's rocking and rolling, having his uh, career high 159 yards on the ground. I think he's only a 250, 255 yards, somewhere in there, short of Eric Dickerson's rookie. 1,808-yard rushing record. He's probably going to get there. He's in shot. Dallas Cowboys are rocking and rolling. Uh, their defense, too. i got to mention the defense playing well, especially late in this game, uh, stifling the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, in the fourth quarter. James Winston, any comeback affair? Hey, I don't even want to talk fantasy here. You already mentioned the, the big fantasy guys in this game. I want to talk about the, the one person that absolutely won this game for Dallas. Uh, Tampa Bay was coming back late in this game. Jameis was, uh, you know, rallying the troops, if you will. David Irving. David Irving is the reason why the Cowboys won this game. Uh, they, the offensive line for Tampa simply could not stop him on the edge. Uh, he had two sacks in this game. But above all that, he forced Jameis to make some very poor uh, decisions in this game, uh, some interceptions in this game. I really like the way he played. He's the one thing I took away from this game, and I said, this guy can ball. And uh, he's going to be a good player. We talk about. We haven't talked about Dallas's defense a lot this year, um, but he's a big reason why Dallas won this game. So I hope he got a game ball. I hope uh, Jason Garrett gave him a game ball after the game. Well deserved by that kid. I yeah, uh, completely agree. That's a good mention on him. Let's move on to our final matchup of the game. We have the Carolina Panthers. Kind of surprising here, although they've played well lately. Uh, thank goodness they didn't. Uh, they got Luke Keekley back, you know, and he's not out for the season. 
did miss this game, but yes, I think he'll. I'm go. just, I'm just saying, you know, of the team, everything going on, uh, did did miss this game, but their defense, their front seven, uh, playing well, uh, limiting the Washington Redskins to field goals. No, actually, I lied. Uh, Kelly, R- Rob Kelly, got in the end zone once. Uh, but Redskins offense that normally puts up points. I actually sold this game on. I said fireworks, Dan. I said fantasy fireworks. There's going to be a lot of guys popping off. A lot of deep potential of starters here. Um, that was kind of right, uh, kind of wrong. Uh, but I thought Redskins were going to do a lot better here. Well, he, I mean, this is shocking. I know uh, Gr- Jay Gruden came out earlier today and said uh, we got out coached. We weren't prepared. That's the biggest thing. You have to, even though Carolina is having a bad season, you have to be prepared. Or they'll come in and punch you in the mouth. They still have talent on this team, Nate. Jonathan Stewart had one of his best games of the year. You just can't let that happen. Uh, Greg Olson did his thing. Ted Ginn uh, been doing really well late as of late. And Washington just wasn't prepared in this one. Um, that's all I can say. No run game. This is the old Jay Green we talked about, Nate. Uh, I know Carolina's been killing it on that, uh, against the run. But no Luke Keekley. You think you can get something done. Uh, you, you think you can run the ball more than 13 times. Uh, in the game. So I'm really uh, disappointed in uh, Jay Gruden's effort in this one. Yep, uh, abandoning the run game here. Although, I mean, Kelly only had nine for eight, eight yards on nine carries, which is, I think, as we know, poor, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, but you get more volume, you start getting some established, you get in the rhythm, you know better. I completely you know. agree, completely agree, completely agree. Uh, that's what we got for the recaps this week. Uh, our thoughts on the game. Uh, we're going to have our preview uh, upcoming in a few days, uh, which I expect you here for, Dan, prompt, promptly on time, uh, maybe with some goodies, some Christmas goodies. Tis the season for you bringing in uh, some gifts, bearing <laughs> presents, dressed like Santa Claus. But thanks for listening, everyone. This is the Dynasty Football Podcast. I'm Nathan Castaneda, joined by Dan Morris. Check us out on Twitter, uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, all that good stuff. I want you catch you back in a few days.